0: for joining Time Out with PSOA, where sports officials share their stories to help recruit, train, educate not only sports officials, but players, coaches, administrators, and fans. Through this information, we're going to help make us all better for the game. Thank you for taking Time Out with PSOA. Today's topic is going to be minorities in sports officiating. And our guest speaker today is M.K. McGee, an NSAA State Tournament official, college women's basketball official, and a mentor to officials in and around the Omaha area. M.K., thank you for joining Time Out with PSOA. Any words of wisdom for the audience listening to the podcast
1: today? <laughs> well, thanks for having me. That's about all I can say. Oh, come on now.
0: <laughs> a Lady full of many words. Well, as as we get going, um, we're going to talk about three topics. Um, one, getting started. Two, the journey as a sports official, and then changing the future. Um, and with the the topic being minorities, you know, there's so many types of minorities out there. Um, obviously, you as a female is a minority. We have um, African Americans as a minority, Native Americans as a minority, and Teenagers as a minority as well. So there's a lot of different groups of minorities that we want to touch on here, not just one specific group. But hopefully by the end of the podcast, people will realize we're all minorities at the end of the day because we're in an environment of sport where there's two officials, three officials, and everybody else. Um, So we're in this together. So topic number one, getting started. What made you say yes to becoming a basketball official?
1: Well, my start as a basketball official was a long time ago in kind of a different era of basketball officiating. Um, around that time, there was not the club basketball that is available today with thousands of games to be assigned. Um, it was just, uh, you know, school basketball and such. Um, In my freshman year of college, a good friend of mine dragged me to an officiating training class, and um, I I didn't even really aspire to be there. I just showed up and uh, sat through the class and learned a few things. I think what really got me excited about it was actually working games, and, uh, you know, I started working junior high games and so on, and kind of got hooked. And, uh, you know, basketball officiating is, is very much like competing in a sport. Um, you have to train for it, you have to read a rule book, you have to uh, be in shape uh, to run up and down the court. And I was always an athlete, and I love the training process. And I love the, uh, the competition uh, of, of athletics. And so, um, you know, uh, Officiating a basketball game kind of scratched that itch.
0: So you walk into this clinic meeting that you didn't want to be there to begin with. You're female into this room. What were the concerns immediately that you felt as a female in that room?
1: Well, that's a really good question, and I don't think I can really even answer that number one, because it was such a long time ago, but number two, I I don't think I was really even thinking about that. Now, in this room, if I remember, just very vaguely, there were probably 20 of us, and two of us were females, me and my friend, and then the rest were were males. And um, But I, I don't remember really even thinking about it. I think uh, when I started thinking about it more was when um you know a couple of years after I started officiating and and tried to move up in terms of you know working higher level basketball games especially varsity level games and I had such a hard time actually getting games um back then uh you know a lot of the games were assigned through athletic directors it wasn't a um it wasn't just a, an assigner assigning all these different games for all these different schools. And so I would, uh, you know, send an email uh, out to an athletic director hoping that they would hire me, and I just had the hardest time getting hired. So, um, you know, part of that was just lack of experience. Part of that was, you know, possibly the fact that I was a female and there weren't a lot of females, so they just, you know, maybe weren't ready to hire a female so that's when, um, you know, it became clear to me that it was going to be a little bit of a challenge.
0: And challenge accepted.
1: A challenge accepted.
0: And you wouldn't be sitting here today if you didn't accept the challenge. 100%. And when you got the opportunity, you got onto the basketball court, athletic director saw that, yes, you can officiate basketball. You know, did you feel you were treated any differently from coaches, from players, from partners? from fans being a minority female official that you don't always see female officials, especially when you started?
1: Yeah, um, I think that I've been really, really fortunate. Um, I have not experienced a lot of, you know, poor treatment from, uh, you know, my officiating partners for one. And of course, you know, way back when I was, just getting started, I was primarily working with men. There weren't a lot of women working and I've never really had any issues with the men that I've worked with. I would imagine that there have been coaches along the way that have maybe treated me a little bit differently. Um, because I'm a female, I, I I don't think that was a huge issue either. Um, I think the biggest place where I've seen myself being treated differently and other women being treated differently is really just, it comes down to the way that we are assigned basketball games. There was a time where, you know, a a female would be assigned uh, a lot of girls' varsity games, but it was really, really difficult to be assigned a boys' varsity game. And um, that's probably the biggest place where I experienced a significant feeling of difference between myself and my male partners.
0: Has that changed lately?
1: It's getting better. Good. It really is getting better. Um, You know, uh, we have, you know, there was a, a time at which I started getting some lower level boys games. A lot of times you go out and work for a smaller school and they have double headers and so you're assigned the girls game and you're going to be assigned the boys game. So uh you know there was progress there and then you know when different assigners decide that they're going to assign males and females the you know in a more equitable manner uh, yeah, I started to get more more boys games. Um, I do think that there is more to be done in that area. Um, you know, I think there's the perception that uh, maybe like um, there's some boys basketball that doesn't get above the rim and some that does get above the rim and uh, or that the boys game is a little bit faster or the boys game is a little bit different. And I, I don't disagree with that. but um, basketball is basketball, and you know if we can officiate a girls' basketball game, we can officiate a boys' basketball game. And so, um, I, I think that it had the perception has changed, and I'm am appreciative of that. But I do think there's a little bit a uh, little bit more we could do in that area.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll speak a little bit as uh, the supervisor, and I say these two things over and over in meetings. Whether it's 4th grade girls or boys basketball, or NAI, JUCO, NCAA, men's or women's basketball, I actually call the game exactly the same way. But, like you said, above the rim, below the rim, what 3rd and 4th grade boys and girls could take illegal contact is way different level of what NCAA women's and men's could take illegal contact. So I might call it in a 4th grade game, I'm not going to call it in a NCAA game because the players' bodies are developed different. Yeah, and correct. as an official, if you could process that, you could work any game, any level.
1: 100%. And and the thing is, is that I believe that anybody, male or female, can be trained to officiate at a particular level. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, men's basketball, women's basketball, anybody can be trained.
0: As long as they want to be as trained. As long
1: as they want to be trained.
0: Now, topic number two, we we got through your first years of officiating, took on the challenge, got experience, um, probably found out really quick that you yourself could officiate at a high level. Your partners felt you could officiate at a high level. As your journey up, you know, you've worked multiple state tournaments. You've worked postseason college basketball games. um, What were some hurdles that you had to jump over or hoops to jump through to continue that advancement, up.
1: yeah, I think the first hurdle was uh, being given the opportunity to work varsity basketball, and I, I, you know, it took me about ten years to start working varsity basketball, and the reason that it happened was because there were people who were willing to give me the games. I mean, you don't work basketball, you don't officiate basketball unless somebody assigns you the game. That's the bottom line. I mean, you're not going to work it unless somebody assigns you to the game. And so, you know, 10 years in, I was finally given the opportunity. Um, There was a gentleman uh, that lived in the northeast part of the state and he saw me at a camp and he said, you really should be working varsity level basketball. I said, I can't get games. Nobody will give me games. So he gave me eight games so that I could, you know, move up in my certification status with the NSAA. And I'll I'll never forget that. You know, he uh, made the sacrifice to give me those games so that I could progress as an official. And, and that's what it takes. And then, you know, after that, I was able to um, – Move into uh, working in the Metro Conference. And, I, and again, I was just given an opportunity and I continued to get opportunities. And it, it really hinges on that.
0: As you are now a veteran and people look up to you, how is it the treatment different as a veteran official when people look to you for advice, look to you for guidance, versus when you were beginning and you were looking? for that advice for that guidance
1: how has things changed since i started into where i am now well i've been officiating for 28 years and you know i think that at least my perception is is that it took me a long time to get to the point where maybe people looked to me as a mentor that looked to me as somebody they could go to that they could trust that they could talk to and I do experience that now. I have, uh, you know, uh, a group of females that I work with, um, you know, explicitly, uh, especially during the season we meet and we, uh, we have Zoom calls and we talk about rules and plays and, you know, what it's like to be a female on a basketball court, officiating uh, a basketball game. But I also have uh, male officials come up to me and we have conversations and I I do get the sense that they look to me as somebody who at least has a little bit of expertise. Um, But it took a long time to get there. It took a long time and a lot of just showing up and showing up and showing up to gain that kind of credibility. I don't know if you know, the fact that it was a female, and it took me that long to gain that credibility. But honestly, like, um, you know, having that now, um, you know, something that just sort of comes with time, if you stick with something long enough, I definitely want to use it to help other people, uh, you know, use the experience that I have to make it a little different, really, honestly, for, for everybody, but in particular for the women that are officiating now.
0: And that's a good transition into changing the future. You know, as you said, the the assignments, it's getting better. But we're not perfect yet. Um, When it comes to um, accommodations, I'm very uh, very, I pay very particular attention to when I travel with a female official, I make sure they have their own locker room. I want them to feel safe. Um, You know, what can you do with your previous experiences to help that next generation to not only get started, feel comfortable getting started, and then advance just like any other sports official would advance?
1: Yeah, well, a little aside, it's interesting that you bring up the, you know, locker room accommodation issue. Um, And for the most part, uh, you know, that's never been a a, a a a big issue, but there have been a couple of times where I've shown up to a game site and uh, the gaming administration would say, "Hey, here's a bathroom you can change in," and you know uh, it it was completely unacceptable, and um, so I had to stick up for myself and say, "No, I need another place to change. I need a locker room that would be, you know, similar what the, to what the guys have." Um, and so, you know, that little side note to say that, you know, as a as a female, as somebody who um, shows up that people aren't used to having to accommodate, you know, there's only, th- there's not very many women. So most of the time when officials show up to the gym, they're males and it's easy to accommodate that. But every once in a while, there's a female that shows up and that has to be accommodated. So you have to speak up for yourself and And, uh, you know, expect the same type of treatment as the males are getting. So going back to, uh, you know, the group that I started a couple of years ago, the women's group, part of the reason that I formed that group was to provide a safe space for women to gather together, to have conversations together, um, you know, to talk about some of the issues that are unique to being a minority in a particular uh, field and just give people the opportunity to talk about those kinds of things. And, you know, Hey, how do I handle a coach that seems to be treating me differently than my male partners? How do I handle the locker room situation? How do I handle asking my um, assigner if, you know, he'll give me a, a, a boys game? since it looks like he's giving all the other males boys games. You know, how do we have those conversations and advocate for ourselves? But the other thing is, you know, the bottom line is you become a better basketball official or any kind of official by knowing the rules, by understanding plays, by understanding mechanics. So the other piece of these Zoom calls is, and the majority of the time is spent talking about rules plays that have happened in games you know how do i handle this situation for the newer officials where do i stand on timeouts for the more advanced officials how do we handle this complex situation that happened and the number of times that we dig into the rule book and we you know exchange ideas and we have debates and we walk away learning and uh Being better basketball officials is really what's going to help, you know, these particular women succeed in this field.
0: And then sort of closing out of changing the future, you know, I I alluded to it in the beginning. As a sports official, we are already all minorities. You know, you walk into a gymnasium, not everybody is raising their hand. I want to be a sports official. Um, so what advice can you give that person who's feeling that angst of, I'm scared to have them say yes to officiating, um, join this minority group. We are all in it together. Um, and you're part of the sports officiating family now, if they say yes to officiating.
1: Yeah, I, I think for any official male or female, um, you know, when you, when you decide to do this, find someone who can help you. There's a lot of people that can, that can help you. Sean can help you. I can help you. There's, there's lots of people, just veteran officials can help you understand the process of getting into this field and being successful. And so I would say, find your people, like find the people you can trust, find the people who genuinely want to help you and, um, and, and and take advantage of the knowledge that they can share with you um, this this particular um, you know basketball officiating is is about relationships I mean it really kind of comes down to that you can be super successful as an official but the the most wonderful aspect of it for me and you know, for so many people is just the relationships that you form and um, you know, lean into those relationships, lean into those people that can help you.
0: Well, MK, thank you for taking time out with PSOA today. If you're out there listening, either as a fan, player, coach, administrator, and you're thinking about saying yes to officiating, you could visit us at premier sports officials.com, fill out the join PSOA, if you want to be directly uh, linked up with M.K. McGee so she is your people um, and help foster that relationship, you know, just reach out and uh, we will make that connection. Thank you for taking time out with PSOA today. Make sure you join us next podcast and join us on our YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, and like and subscribe and send it to as many people as you can. Sports officials, remember, you're only as good as your last call. at Sports Network Production.